I'm like, oh, wow, okay. So this is what, you know, this is what aging looks like. That's not bad. It is a gift. I feel honored and grateful. And also, I'm going to tweak it a little bit. <laughs> Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect. Welcome to a special episode of The Whole View. You are joined by Stacy Todd and our guest this week, Jennifer Robbins. Hi. <laughs> we are at your house in Florida. Sitting a mere inches from each other. <laughs> so awkward. Surrounded by puppies. So many dogs. My favorite, Lulu. <laughs> I feel no shame about picking a favorite dog. Is joining us as well. So hopefully they'll be quiet, but. We were literally just in the living room having a conversation. I was like, we should record this because you and I have conversations all the time about this juxtaposition of both in life, in health, in aesthetics, of finding a balance between wanting to do what's best for you to be your best self and to feel your best and not get sucked into the pressures of other people's expectations yeah. or judgments or toxic cultures. Yes. Toxic wellness culture, toxic, all kinds aesthetic of aesthetic culture. Yeah. yeah. And where just living your best life for you fits into that is something that feels like it's so hard. It's like that gray area, right? Where yeah. it's so much easier to say all these things bad, all these things good. Yeah. Um, versus actually looking at some of the science, looking at how people feel before and after things, that kind of stuff. And what's interesting is that we work closely together in the beauty industry, so to speak. It's weird to even say that, but <laughs> right, like we're both workers on the same team with Beauty Counter and we work together a lot from that perspective. And so I think it leads to a lot of conversations that we have together about yeah. where You've made choices to have aesthetic work done. Yeah. And my struggle with like this idea that I have that it's bad or I don't want to get sucked mm -hmm. into it or, you know. Or are you living up to an expectation that other people are pressing upon you versus a decision that you've reached? Right. Because it would just make you feel make better. Really feel better. Yeah. Yes. 100%. And I think that is a struggle that a lot of people have, especially, you know, people who uh, a lot of listeners have autoimmune diseases like both of us, right? Mm -hmm. So we've already done a deep dive into specifically Botox and how that can be inflammatory for people with autoimmune diseases. And mm -hmm. that wouldn't be where I would suggest people start. And talking with you, I don't think that would be what you would say the first thing that people should start. And worth adding that I am one week post-op right now. So yes. it's a very fresh yes. used topic. And I think it's an, so the surgery that you had is like an, I think, amazing story of your health journey and the mindset that you had early on. And then where you were kind of middle of that process and where you are now. And so I think as we all 
get a little wiser and our bodies show that wisdom a little bit to explore, you know, what are those areas where, you know, in the research that you did, where you made those initial choices for yourself, knowing that you have autoimmune diseases and why might someone choose that or not choose that based on societal expectations or peer pressure or I really hope that people's spouses aren't pressuring to do that. Right. But it's a thing. So yeah. of course they are. Yeah. You know. Exactly. So do you want to start by kind of talking about your history with implants, explants, and your current surgery? Do you want to talk about like fillers? What do you want to talk about? Yeah. So I did have implants when I was twenty four. Twenty something. Twenty something. And it was probably a hastier decision, as many decisions are when you're in your youth and you don't worry quite as much about consequences or the actions that follow. And I still will never know, did I have breast implant illness? But because I had implants first and health issues later, I explanted after my first two kids were born. So. I did develop autoimmune disease. And honestly, it could be from a million things. Mm. It could be from implants. It could be from having my first two babies less than a year apart. It could be from toxic exposures in the environment. I mean, it was just more that I got to the point where I wanted to remove anything that I could that might be a threat or might be contributing or might be keeping me sick. And so so I explanted in 2009 in between or right before my third kid. And I still had plenty of struggles with my health after that point, because then I had mold exposure. Then I had, you know, so it wasn't like, you know, for some people, it is a clear connection between breast implants and the onset of disease and removing the implants gives them almost instantaneous release. That's not something I experienced. I will also say that I'm not, I've never been a person that has like, an acute response to something. So like I don't put a lotion on my skin and have a breakout or switch detergents and have a reaction. I, I've never had like mast cell activation syndrome where I walk down the laundry detergent aisle and like, you know, have a headache and a runny nose and get dizzy. So I don't react to things in that way. But again, it was just worth like getting rid of as many potential threats as possible, changing my diet, blah, blah, blah. So down that rabbit hole. And then in more recent years, I've put in so much work with just like getting on top of my health. And we've talked about neuroplasticity mm -hmm. work that I've done, you know, mental health, physical health, healthy environment, like physical environment. <clears throat> and I got to a point where I finally, in most ways, felt like I had some semblance of like a normal life. Like I could travel again. I could ride in a car. Or I could, you know, stay out of bed for longer than what I had been. So things just got better all around. And then I did have one more, I guess, like kind of age and hormone related issue with a thyroid. And I knew I had a responsibility to take care of that first. But in the meantime, as things got better, I also 
became very excited about some of the aesthetic possibilities out there. As long as I felt like I could do them safely with research, with a lot of like preparation of my body going into it, like nothing can be made, like no decision now can be made the way that my decision around implants was made. But so I started looking into fillers and zeomin, which is like Botox, but doesn't have the protein. So it's a little safer for a lot of people who do have autoimmune disease because there's nothing to really have a reaction against the way that Botox and some of the others have. And so, yeah, I just kind of have been slowly kind of pulling back some of those aesthetic layers as I grow a few more gray hairs and sag a little bit more in places that I didn't used to sag. And I've really enjoyed sort of experimenting in a safe way and also had a bonus of my self-esteem kind of being reinstituted to some degree. And I think the thing that's interesting to me is that, first of all, okay, so let's back up. When you talk about explant, breast implant syndrome, I think this is most famous, made most famous by Michelle Visage on RuPaul's Drag Race. Do you watch that? No. Oh my gosh. So Yes, I'm going to. <laughs> she's like his right hand. They are like sidekick she's his sidekick okay and she has been in a like co-judge on that show for as many seasons as it's been like 15 seasons plus all-stars plus what you know what i mean yeah. like whatever christmas specials i don't know she's always around <laughs> and she was a performer in the 80s she was a singer like mm. pop music she, i think she was like in a girl band and was known for her large breasts like just very full chested mm -hmm. and got sick and had them removed and kind of talked about it on the show. And it was very obvious. Like, yeah, you know, she went from being very full chested yeah. to not. And she, like you said, felt so much better almost immediately after. Mm -hmm. She, you know, openly talked about it. I think they have a podcast and different kinds of things. The other thing that I've noticed that I'm curious if you've noticed is that there's a lot more celebrities talking about autoimmune and other health conditions as lupus, right. uh, needing organ transplant, different kinds of things mm -hmm. happening in celebs of all ages of genders. And there's a lot of work that happens in Hollywood on the aesthetic and on the plastic side. And part of me wonders, okay, are we just like more aware of this stuff? We're able mm -hmm. to diagnose it. We're able to kind of point to it. And is it also being made more common by the toxins in our environment and the work that people are like so much work that people are getting done in Hollywood and how it's affecting or activating some of the things that are already in their bodies? And it kind of takes me to the place where I was saying, like, I think the interesting thing for me is this idea that you did a lot of work on yourself to get healthy, to, you know, improve your iron, to have your fibroid removed, feel like, okay, I can take on more, my body could take on more things yeah. now, but also in researching safer options for yourself, right? Yeah. Like, I love when you have conversations and you're like, yeah, but did you know about this thing? Like you mentioned, Zendeman, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> it's called, you know, Glenn. 
I did not know about that. And you've also talked about like hyaluronic acid as a filler. Right. And we have a mutual friend who had something like the li- the lipids recirculated. She did PRP. She did microneedling with PRP. What's PRP is platelet-rich plasma that they pull from your own blood. And then they put it on the microneedled skin and it helps with healing time it helps because it's an intentional injury to the skin in order to promote it to make more collagen and the prp just helps with that even more but it's pulled from your own blood so it's your there's nothing to react to in terms of like people who could react acutely to something the prp is from your blood so it's literally just going back to your own skin yeah so it's Listeners can see my face. It would look like that brain exploding emoji. <laughs> and then there's also like wires, fibers that you can get put into your skin and pull them yeah. that are non-toxic, but like. Yeah, they're one molecule away from a sugar molecule. So they are, they are basically, it's called threading and it has little barbs on the thread. So you can use it as like a, a lifting mechanism because the barbs go they inject the thread under the skin and pull it so depending on the area that you want it like if it's your brow your cheek whatever the barbs kind of catch the skin and get more like taut look but it it's kind of like for people who aren't ready for a facelift let's say they might choose to do something with like the threads i think what i want to have kind of a conversation on is this idea that there are alternatives to whatever might be like this the idea of something being the most toxic right like we did this the botox show and we talked about some of the potential harmful side effects and for someone like myself that doesn't feel worth it to me yet at the same time when i talk to you and you're like yeah but what about this option or what about this option or if i say oh i don't like this thing I wish I could, like, if I had a magic wand, I would do this one thing. And you're like, you could do that with a blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm like? You're like, do you do anything but research aesthetic treatments in your day? So it's kind of become your sign hubby. You follow, like, all these specific doctors and, like, your specific procedure that you most recently had done, you did without anesthesia because that was safer for you and you know what your body does and doesn't respond to and so whereas you know i might be like oh that's not something that i want to do for myself that's not an area of my body that like bothers me yeah it did bother you and you found a way to find a doctor that you felt comfortable and safe with to get your body in a place where you felt safe with yourself to do it and then to do it in a way that caused the least trauma yes Yeah. And I think there's something too that is really magical and beautiful. And I wanted to just kind of share with listeners because I do think that like this belief that it's all good or all bad, or if somebody does something, we judge them. Or if they don't do something that we judge them because I joke all the time when I go to California on trips that I'm the only person in the state without having any work done. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, You probably are. I know. 
Yeah, that's not a lie. Everybody I talk to, I'm like, your face is not moving. Yeah. Or I was talking to someone who's like, oh, yeah, no, I get my boobs redone every 10 years. I was like, oh, okay. But they do that because it's safer from an implant perspective. I let it linger in the body. Yeah. So all of these things are very foreign to me. However, I have been invited to countless Botox parties. So, so many people that are getting it done. And so I think to not talk about it and to not say, if you want to do this, make sure that you're doing it for yourself. I think you're talking about mindset about that is really important. And also do it in a way that feels safe and comfortable for you. And then yeah. just like have, let it go. Like it's yeah. done. Like right. have no guilt, no shame, whatever it is, just roll with it. Right. This podcast is sponsored by Factor One. Chef-prepared meals and smoothies delivered straight to your door. And I've got a 50% off code for you. With Factor One, you can feel good about making a better for you and better for the planet sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, source 100% renewable electricity for production and offices, as well as feature sustainably sourced seafood. I know we've had a hectic spring and I much prefer their BPA and PFAS free, fresh, never frozen meals to take out, which is one of the highest sources of potentially harmful chemicals, which Factor One does not contain. Plus, they're ready in just two minutes, so faster and cheaper than takeout, especially with code WHOLEVIEW50 for 50% off. All you have to do is heat and enjoy. We have been loving the convenience of Factor One foods this year, perfect for cold before work. And just yesterday, I had a smothered pork chop for lunch. I was in a rush and felt like the fridge sang to me when I opened it and saw our ready-to-go meals just sitting there. Plus, I love the variety of vegetables included. Not to mention the flavor is legitimately so good. You can customize your selection of meals with 34 chef-prepared, dietitian approved weekly options. There's always something new to try. Enjoy meals for any time of day, including breakfast options like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Plus, replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 potential add-ons. We choose the chef's recommendation, and it has consistently been fantastic and satiating. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Head to factormeals.com slash wholeview50 and use code WHOLEVIEW50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code WHOLEVIEW50 at factormeals.com slash WHOLEVIEW50 to get 50% off your first box. You know, when we were changing our diets and we were, you know, 10 years ago, we're eating paleo and there's like a lot of rules attached to that. And then we graduate from just food to like, oh my gosh, throw away everything in your house that has like a toxic whatever and make sure that you're only using coconut oil and mashed banana on your face and like mayonnaise in your hair, but only with avocado oil and like whatever. So we had like all these rules then that became around skincare. And then like companies like Beauty Counter come along where they're like, hey, you know, you can actually have like products that follow scientific studies and proven results that are also safer and 
have like nixed all of these chemicals that we know are bad, but you can still like go beyond, you know, pureed blueberries. You can still have long lashes if you want. Yes. So it's kind of, I feel like for me, I've always been into aesthetics. I worked in the fashion industry for a decade. I've always liked the human body and how I feel in clothes. And that's always been like on my radar, as has, you know, wearing cosmetics. I've always been like a mascara girl, an eyeliner girl. And I got to the point where, you know, as my body and my face are maturing and I'm noticing those changes, I don't feel pressure from anyone to look a certain way or be a certain way. But I notice when I look in the mirror, like, oh, that doesn't go on as smoothly as it once did. Or that looks a little deflated when I put on lip gloss. Or that my body's kind of sagging more than it ever has. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I would never in a million years look at one of my friends and say, you know, you should really consider xyz like it doesn't even occur to me my only hope for any one of my friends is like hey i want you to feel good in your skin whatever you do or don't do i let my gray hair grow out dyeing my hair and covering that sign of aging is not important to me anymore but i would like a smooth forehead so you know it's just kind of like where are the things that maybe bother you that you can do something about are there ways to do them safely and so for a long time I was a big like anti-aesthetic like med spa person I was like no there's nothing in there that is of any value for a person with autoimmune disease it's all just you know ridiculous beauty standards and whatever um and then as I started feeling some type of way about my own aging process and just even like skin quality, like things that maybe topical treatments couldn't do, but a laser can do, like that's exciting. So you're telling me there's a laser that actually doesn't have any chemicals at all. Like there's no chemical exposure, but it can tighten my pores a little bit and like help reverse some of my melasma or stun damage from early years of abuse, like, that's exciting. What about a chemical peel? Okay, so that's got chemicals in it, but it's a very short-lived experience and you can do it once a year. So like that exposure, which ends up sloughing off those skin cells anyway, can actually prevent future skin cancers. Maybe that toxic exposure is worth what it saves me in the long run. So I start weighing things like that. It's not just the aesthetic. It's also like just the health of your body and the mental health of you living in your body because you got to love it. And again, I love who I am. I love the person that I am. I try to do right in the world and treat people kindly and love myself and all of those things. And at the same time, I can also say maybe there's something I'd like to change or adjust a little bit that would make me like a little extra excited to live in my skin. And I don't like making those changes does not have to come from a place of self-loathing. And that's really important. And making those changes does not have to come from a place where you're sacrificing your health in order to make them happen. So there's two very distinct points that I think are really important. Like 
hanging on to your health and also not hating yourself as being the reason that you want to make a change. Yeah, I think that's really important and powerful. And I think one of the things that I started thinking about when you were talking about that is we can hear your teenage daughter in the kitchen (laughs) next door. And I think the other part of this is as mothers, as caregivers of any kind, one of the things that we want to do is to show and demonstrate behaviors that we want our children to have, right? We want our children to be self-loathing. We don't want our children to be, you know, miserable in the skin that they're in. And one of the concepts that, you know, is really powerful about your approach to this is like, you don't hate yourself until you have something done, right? Like you, because just like you can't out exercise a bad diet and all these cliches that people say, right? right? Like you also can't, you know, out aesthetic work. No, yeah. Emotion. You can't surgery yourself to to self-love because it's always going to be something else, right? Like, and that's the way it was with me when I was losing weight is like, I would get to a certain point and then that was my goal, but that was never good enough. I was never good enough. Right. I never felt like, I loved my body regardless. Right. And even when I was strength training, it was never enough. Even when I was like winning strongest woman in the state and yeah. doing all this kind of stuff, right. it was never the target enough. kept moving yeah. because you are at a place of peace with you. Yes, exactly. And so I think, you know, the other element of this is just like all other beauty standards set by society, which you know, we've talked about on the show before I did a show about toxic beauty standards with Kai Washington. And we talked about like the history of Eurocentric beauty standards and how that influences what a lot of people believe about themselves, whether they want lighter skin, whether they want, you know, their hair, whatever those Eurocentric standards are, thinner, but not in certain areas, right? Like the whole thing, right? If you cannot find peace with who you are, there's always going to be something that you can point to in the mirror that's not perfect we can never be perfect but if you're looking in the mirror and you're like my lips are thinner and i know that i can get this hyaluronic acid filler because not it doesn't worry me i've done the research it doesn't worry me and i feel like i can get my lips plumper and that's something that would make you listener happy like I want to release the guilt and shame about that yeah because just like we had this like the paleo police telling everybody if you're not eating perfectly then you're you're failing then you're doing it wrong you're failing and that's why you have all these problems meanwhile 100% rob Wolf is eating corn chips. Mark Sisson is getting mochas from Starbucks, full sugar. I've seen them both, right? Um, but people are thinking if they do that, then they're in the wrong. Right. And I think it's important to call out from a wellness culture perspective. I can guarantee you 99.9% of the people that you're looking at on social media and all these places are getting aesthetic procedures done oh my gosh and if they say they're not they're full of hot steaming garbage i'm not i'm the only one 
Yeah, I knew well eventually. If I do, I'll be honest and forthright about it. You know, because but people are and they feel like they have to hide it. And I I think that's so insincere when they're also promoting healthy lifestyles. Like we can see your breast implants. Why don't you (laughs) say like, hey, I eat really healthy. And also I don't find my breast implants to be a health risk for me because I don't have an emotional or physical issue with them. And so I have them and I love the way that they look in my body. Like that's fine. And I don't think that it's my place. Obviously I had breast implants, so it wouldn't be my place to judge anyway, but like, it's not my place to make that kind of aesthetic decision for them anyway. Like that, let's not pretend that you got that look by eating perfectly and working out. And therefore, (laughs) if the people who follow you do exactly as you do, that they can look like you too. That's what irritates me about. Right, right. Or that suddenly their skin became like without any movement <laughs> and that must be from antioxidants like no it is not no it is not and so yeah i mean there are there are certain like everybody has a thing or multiple things that they do every day that help them feel their best bathing makes people feel good sometimes sometimes (laughs) brushing your hair coloring your hair putting on makeup putting on fragrance putting on an outfit that you love carrying a handbag you know like all those things are not things that like were just born on you or Mm -hmm. you know as part of your person so like all those little details um wearing jewelry getting ear piercings or body piercings we both sit here with like 15 holes in both ears tattoos (laughs) right like all of those things are things that we do because we feel like they enhance what we already have that we love so like for me if i get xeomin in my forehead it's not because i hate myself and so i need to make like few less movement in my forehead i like it because now my makeup lays a little smoother and it just enhances what i had at one time you know i'm not trying to look 20 i'm not trying to look like i'm in middle school i'm not like I don't have an unreasonable expectation attached to the things that I'm doing. It's more just to like emphasize what's already fine or maybe not emphasize, but to like, I don't know, find how we like, feel or how we think we look in our head. I think is another thing. It's like, as you get older things, like you kind of, I don't know if you feel this way, but I look in the mirror and there is a bit of dysphoria sometimes as, you're used to looking at yourself a certain way for a long time. And then as things change, yeah. you have this like, oh, and there's nothing that we can do. We're getting older is a gift, it right? Is. Like totally. It, be, it is a privilege to be able to age. Yes. And there's nothing that you or I can do. No. Short of asking Jane Fonda what potion she's drinking. Okay. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong or bad or ugly or you know, any negative connotation, there's nothing wrong with lines and wrinkles and sagging and whatever. But I do think that it takes an adjustment. I'm turning 47 this year and I'm like, 
wow, that's real close to 50. (laughs) And how did that happen? Because now that my body's feeling healthier, I'm like, I don't feel like that number or whatever, you know, and there were times that, I mean, I feel like I look even physically better now than I did at my sickest when I was younger, just because I am healthier. So like, yes, there are things that like getting it to a better place in my health has helped me physically. Like you can see it in my face. Like I look healthier. So that makes me look better. But also I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So this is what, you know, this is what aging looks like. That's not bad. It is a gift. I feel honored and grateful. And also I'm going to tweak it a little bit. (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by Indeed, the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place and where I got my career break. They've been going strong for decades, and now their new Instant Match feature allows you to invite candidates who are then three times more likely to apply, according to US Indeed data. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Imagine finding top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools then having that ideal candidate be three times more likely to apply. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you'll get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. I know I would have applied if they'd had that back in ye olden days. And you can join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash WholeView to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash WholeView. Indeed.com slash WholeView. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's interesting to me is when I talk about, so for me, the one area of my body that bothers me, and I've talked about this for years, is my forehead. Yeah, it's a genetic genetic thing. And there's nothing that I'm going to do, even if I got Xeomin, even if I got hyaluronic acid filler. Yeah. Even if I got those taggy line things, yeah, we've talked about all that. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing is going to change the fact that genetic gravity yeah. is going to happen yeah. because of who I am. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is like, okay, so why? Right? Because we get certain facial changes for certain reasons, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes what we have fine lines around our eyes because we move our eyes a lot and yeah. we smile and we laugh right. and the skin is folding. And one of the reasons that I have a deep line in my forehead is because I have tightening in the muscles from my brow to my skull. Yeah. And because you're always raising your eyebrows and your kids. I'm always Thanks. <laughs> Just have a very expressive life <laughs> and a very stressful life. Which, when you don't hide your emotions. Right. So exactly. We have prayer. 
Yes, it's right here on my forehead. And so the idea that I could also be loosening tension in my head is one of the things that's making me more curious to explore it because I do think that beyond the aesthetics, like that could feel better for sure. And there are a lot of people who use these sort of aesthetic techniques to alleviate medical things that they have. Headaches, right? I've been reading a lot about how people who have things or chronic headaches have had a lot of success feeling better with using things like and you know even botox and different kinds of things to improve their health right and i think for those people i want to just say like do not have guilt do not have whatever like right you know that's the danger in demonizing things that could be used up there exactly and that's you know like max talked about getting it for years in his underarms because he's like one of those prolific sweaters. Yeah. And I told him like, that's helping your body detox. Like don't about it, whatever. Right. But like it bothers him, you of know? Course, yeah. And so Kirby is like, you know, if that really bothers him that much. There's like, some other therapies I can share with you about that too. Oh, please don't. That's okay. Revisit them, but there are actually a few things you can do. Microneedling with radio frequency mm-hmm. that actually will help that too without the botox so if he doesn't want something injected like the micro it's called morpheus 8 and it delivers it's just like microneedling except it delivers radio frequency with the microneedles and it helps reduce sweating by i think like 50 percent can i just have you come with me to the doctor's appointment i'll facetime you yeah doctor listen this is what i need this is my (laughs) aesthetic consult She is obsessed with everything, especially living vicariously through me as she recovers from her own procedure. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, so it's something I've looked at too because I'm like, wow, I can't wear like regular shirts without, and I won't wear. So here's where the train off is I won't wear and have not worn deodorant or antiperspirant with aluminum for it's been probably more than 20 years for me. Like, I tried that a lot for Matt to give that up. Yeah. Like, it took a lot. And I'd say, like, that was probably one of my earliest adopted things, even before I was into, like, very health-centric practices. But I always felt like, man, is it really a good idea to, like, tell your body to not sweat when that's how you're, like, getting your artist? Oh, I mean, even, like, temperature control, all of it. But I had stopped using that. So I've used natural or safer or whatever for two decades, but I still sweat because I'm not using anything to Mm -hmm. prevent it. Sometimes it's like not comfortable when you're so technically. You also live in like the swamp, America's armpit land. Yes. (laughs) So, but like that is technically aesthetic. It is aesthetic to not want to have sweat stains on your shirt. Yeah. But. I think that's a reasonable thing to not want, you know, like if that makes you feel bad that you have huge sweat rings under your arms you know. when you're talking to people in public, like I'm a poor Matt's delivering the mail and like, yeah. you know, right. Yeah. So I get it. And, and that's especially when it's something that creates an insecurity, but does not have anything to do with like how you feel about yourself as a person, but like you have an option to fix this or improve it and there's like why wouldn't you if you feel okay with that process you know and that's so 
it's just something that like I've gotten excited about because I started seeing there's a treatment called like there's different names for it, but fibroblast is one of them. And it's where they use that. You've seen the pictures when I post and like my whole face looks like a scab. <laughs> and I had somebody on social who was like, oh my gosh, they were so mad. They were so mad that I did this to myself because I was trying to live up to patriarchal beauty standards, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I actually did this because I have a ton of sun damage and this helps get rid of the top layer of skin and has no chemicals involved. So this was like, I tried that before I had done like a chemical peel or anything. Yeah, at I, don't, all. I don't remember talking to you about that. Yeah. Because one of the things that concerned you was that you were going to get skin cancer, that you'd been yeah. exposed to the sun without sunblock for so long when you were younger yeah. and that you had all this UV damage yeah. and you had done the research and found like, hey, I think that these procedures done and reduce my risk yeah. and I'll feel better about the way that I look. And I'm right. All right. Go ahead, girl. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And my dad has had multiple spots on his head removed and he's my Irish side. So like, even though I've got the Ashkenazi Jew, like, hey, you got some pigment, girl. And you like, have, you have light colored I, eyes, though. I do. I have light colored eyes. So like, I still have 50% Irish that, you know, there's always that risk there that if I can diminish in any capacity now that I'm older and wiser, then I will absolutely do it. And so, yeah, I, you know, it was funny to to have somebody completely berate me publicly because she was so upset at the choice that I made for my face and my body. And I'm just like, you don't even understand the root of why I chose. Yes, it, I look like a monster right now, like 100%. But I'm doing this not to look like a 12-year-old. I did this because I've got so much sun damage. And what I now have learned is also melasma. At the time, I thought it was all sun damage, but I got a proper diagnosis later but like my you can see like my sun damage is so minimal now because i have layered good products at home with in-office procedures that have helped reduce my risk for cancer later so i'm like yeah so my skin looks better it's healthier and i've reduced risk for later and i think the biggest lesson out of that also is that it's not it's not a pro-feminist thing to do to judge someone else for what right. they're doing. Right. Even if you are being influenced by Eurocentric beauty standards and patriarchal society and someone else gets something done because their partner, you know, encourages them to and you think that's terrible, that's not what a true partner would do, like berating that person, even if that was their influence, is not helpful or feminist philosophy exactly like, like if you where's want, the uplift right if you want to build someone's self-esteem and you want to tell them every time you see them how much you love x y and z about their qualities that have nothing to do with their physical appearance yeah. or you know whatever like great that's a great thing to do totally it's not a great thing to do to like judge someone for, and shame them and shame them thank yeah. you yes for the choices that they make of their own body and right. i think like the other thing and where we can kind of leave this whole conversation is, you know, we're in Florida and we're also talking about all of the changes that are happening across the country. Other people are deciding what can and cannot happen to other individual bodies, right. whether it be, you know, their gender identity, whether it be, you know, healthcare in the form of medical procedures, whether it's 
access to books to read and better themselves. Like it's just so much change happening across the country because other people are deciding what someone should. What's best for someone. What they should be doing because they think that they know what's best. Right. And it's never the case in either one of our opinion. I feel comfortable saying like not just my opinion, but it's ever the role of someone else to tell someone what they should or should not be doing with right, their body. Right. They, if someone asks your opinion, right, give it. Yes. And that's actually what I loved about Florida before Florida became Florida. <laughs> when we moved here three years ago, what I thought was really great about the state in general, it was very like live and let live. And there, wa- there was room for the progressives. There was room for the n- not so much and but there was space for all of us and there was the unspoken agreement like hey i might not agree with everything that you think but i support you doing those things because they don't affect me or they don't harm me and that's ultimately what i mean what life is kind of about i think is like that's why we're friends yeah uh, (laughs) i'm like hey you want to get triple s boobs i think your back's gonna hurt but hey girl i am here you know support when i get a forehead tattoo it's not a life choice i would make but by all means you go for it yeah exactly so and you know we're i think not we're very much aligned in the way that we think and also opposite in the number of procedures that we have (laughs) Um, your piercing the opposite numbers yeah yeah (laughs) but but i can look at you and be like hey i think it's great and i fully support you that you don't want or need or seek out these treatments and you can look at me and be like hey lady your boobs are sitting a lot higher (laughs) and i support that for you even if it's not something i would choose you know so i think that is literally what life is about and now that i have figured out a way to kind of navigate things that i want to shift and make improvements upon it's really liberating because before i felt like i could not hold health and aesthetics in the same ironically because the wellness influencers who are getting all the work done are making you believe that. Right. And now, and because for a long time, like some aesthetics were not safe to do, you know, for somebody with autoimmune disease. And so in recent times when I felt better and like, hey, I think I can explore this. I have talked at great lengths with practitioners, injectors, doctors, like, okay, if I'm interested in hyaluronic acid filler, but I am nervous about health risks, what advice would you give me? And I had one nurse practitioner who was so helpful and she said, you know, stick to this basic. When you start going into these different lines, you've got like some cross nanotechnology, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying, but I will take that advice and heed it. <laughs> and sure enough, I have stuck with like this most simplistic form of hyaluronic acid filler. I've had no issues. It has enhanced the quality of my skin. It has helped like produce more collagen around those areas. 
And, and it's not something that you even have to do very often. So that's the other bonus is like, it's not a surgery. It's more commitment than, you know, face cream at night, but it's also not something that is putting me in harm's way in order to achieve it. So finding out your secret formula of like, how far do you want to go? How far do you want to, you know, restrain yourself? Like, if you're doing the thinking on your own for yourself and it's coming from a place of like, hey, I'm good with who I am, but I wouldn't mind a little zhuzh, then there are so many options available to us that or, are safer. Or even I would feel more like myself if yes. X, right? Yep. Like, I think for me, I wonder to like, what might happen as, you know, okay, I'm 41 today. We talk all the time about how much older I'm you are. Much than more, me. I'm much older and more mature than Stacey, but <laughs> I only mention it three to five times each time we talk. So staying at the time. But like, you know, I look at my mom who I look so much alike. Yeah. And she is in her 60s and she until the last couple of years felt very confident about her appearance because she always looked younger than her friends yeah and so she would always say <laughs> she, she would always say you know how much confidence she had in her appearance but the last couple of years she mentioned to me when i saw her recently that she feels like it's really caught up with her yeah. and that she doesn't recognize herself as yeah. and you know, I said to her something very similar that kiddo said to me, which is like, you look like yourself, but like a grandmother to me. Like, yes, you're, you are getting older. Yes. You know, you can tell that you're older right. in the way that you look. And, biology. Right. And, you know, you're in your 60s. You're yeah. a grandmother, but right. you're 70s at this point. And, you know, when I talk about the forehead wrinkle that I have, kiddo says to me, who, let me just preface by saying that Kiddo's biological mo mother is younger than I am. And so when they first came, it was like a big thing how old I was, which is <laughs> ironic because I'm pretty young, right? Having four teenage exactly. Uh But they would always joke with me. And it was kind of like their way of giving affection early on, a way that like felt safe and comfortable to them. Right. And it has remained a joke between us for a long time. Now, I'm the one making fun of how old I am, and they're the one saying, you're not that old. Stop <laughs> it. Right. Like it's kind of a risk those things. And so recently I've been talking about like this forehead wrinkle is really bothering me. I'm thinking about getting, you know, something done. I don't know what Jeff gives me so many options, but I'm going to create a menu for her so that she can go down and be like, okay, I think I'll do like the prefix, like seven horse or maybe just like some a la carte yeah. options. <laughs> or maybe nothing else. or nothing at all because yes. you're great the way that you are. Yeah. So when I talk about, hey, I'm thinking about this because I think that's another thing is I don't want to rush into it like you did yeah. when you said your implants. Like I want to think about like, how is this going to make me feel after I see myself? If it's changed, am I going to feel like I was a lesser person or I was yeah. less attractive before? Yeah. I don't want to do that. Right. Like I want to like, have regret. Yeah. yeah. I want to come from a place of positivity. I want to make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. I want to make sure I'm researching properly. And so I do talk about it. and. Kino says, you better not do that because I love that you look like a mother and I don't, I, you don't need, and they're like very adamant, like, uh. like, this is what you look like. And I, like, no, don't do that. And so 
I think, you know, I will leave us kind of with this mindset of like, whether I get it done or not, I love that a child of mine feels empowered to like say, you look great. And I want to encourage them to not judge me if I choose to do it. Yeah. Or somebody else to judge my wrinkle if I don't get it done. And I just think that where we are in this place in the world today with so much judgment about who's done what, just yeah. whose bodies. Right. And while we're together and you're recovering from this procedure, <laughs> we're having this conversation of like, we really should record this because we've had so many of these kinds of conversations and I'm like, you really should be like one of these consultation people to be, you should outsource your services. And like, because most people don't, we don't, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't know any of this if you weren't sharing that there were safer options yeah. with me personally beyond even the information that you share publicly about what you're getting done for yourself it's like okay you're interested in that here let's talk about these options like you were talking about the sweat stuff like you never talked about that like you know when you first go gluten-free and you're like back in the day there were like two options to like okay you to make everything yourself yeah and or like when there were finally like things on the grocery store shelves that you're like Oh my gosh. <laughs> you mean I could choose from like four kinds of cookies and three kinds of bread? And it was so just the liberation that comes with having choice in general. I think, especially if you have felt confined by having health challenges and stuff like that. And it's like the only choice that you have is, you know, eat really healthy and don't do anything that could risk messing that up. And to finally open up these doors of possibility of, oh, wait, I could also maybe do this and not risk, you know, setting myself back from the progress that I've made. I can do things safely that also feel good aesthetically and emotionally. That to me is such a great liberating feeling of just, I have choice. I can do this safely. I can do this with self-love and compassion. And it just opens up a whole new world of choice. Listeners, I want to thank you for being here through our very irregular show today. I know the sound quality isn't what it normally is, but it has been fun to sit on the couch with Jen and talk as we normally do for sharing with you. I want to, again, thank you and have a great week. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.